0: Hey, Sound & Vision podcast listeners, I'm Rachel Stevens, and I'm actually in a closet at my parents' home in Texas, which I don't know why, but very much feels appropriate. These past few years have been a mess, really, honestly, and we've all tried to figure it out, and we kind of did, and then when we feel like we have it all figured out, something happens, and you have to go to Texas, and you forget your microphone, but you still need to get a podcast episode out. But I have to remember, and I want to remind you, that stuff like this doesn't discredit that, in fact, at some point, you figured something out. And that's how I feel about being a part of Sound and Vision. I love this team. I love these stories. And I love KXP. And stuff happens in life, but I have this community. We have this community. So thank you. And thank you for your grace and patience. And also, that's a little bit how I feel about this conversation Larry had with Toro Y Moi. Chaz Bear figured some stuff out. I hope you enjoy it. Here's the episode. Toro Y Moi, aka Chaz Bear, released his seventh studio album earlier this year. It's called Mahal. KXP's Larry Mizell Jr. talks to Chaz about finding himself in and throughout this latest album.
1: I've noticed once you become like successful with music especially you can only be sort of self-deprecating and sort of sad for so long until the success sort of evens that out so um yeah i really felt like it, it was just sort of time to just make like a jump to really just pay for some art and like really put it into the the project in, in that sense that like um i want fans to to grow with me and Make some leaps together.
2: For sure. I I feel like there's some real strong leaps that this album represents.
1: It's the magazine. It's just us we wanna see.
2: seems like you've done really well uh in terms of not trying to break yourself being on the road i've seen you at a couple points where you're like "Eh, i'm not really going to tour this record i kind of want to invest in being a person you know and and spending time and having you know relationship and a social life and stuff like that um yeah what kind of like Um, guided you to prioritizing that
1: i really feel like it's um just what I've learned and what I know um, through the music scenes back in South Carolina and mm. um, even the scenes in, in Portland and stuff, I f- feel like that's something I, c- I kind of want to try to push and cultivate here in the Bay. Um, a lot of the musicians in the Bay do end up leaving. It's yeah. expensive and LA is right there and there's more work there, so it makes sense, but I I feel like there there are um, ways to make it work here as an artist, Um, you just have to build a community. So that's kind of where I'm at, it's just like, well, if I'm going to want to try to do this in a sustainable way, I'm going to have to just build something here.
2: intentionality towards community i feel like that really kind of comes through with a lot of the um the stamp you put forth on on this record you know got to stay in the loop
1: in the loop
2: thinking and really uh kind of crystallizing things around your identity you know as a mm-hmm. black and brown musician even down to some of the tour support i saw you were touring with Enum Claw who's from out here trying to find out where i wind up that's a place for me it's time to find- and uh, serpent with feet who uh, we love my friends, my friends. yeah what's your thought there
1: oh i feel like there's just so many um so many outlets for black musicians these days i feel like it's it's just it's the right time to um start using my platform to really sort of bring some people on and like uh show them to my audience and vice versa really i feel like um yeah black indie musicians is kind of like a new thing still so like i'm just trying to roll with it really um it's great to just see
2: other musicians just trying new genres and trying to just push themselves really totally it feels like a really rich time there's so much interesting indie music being made uh by black folks by brown folks um and are killing it, you know, whether we're talking about like Lorraine or Bartiz or, or whomever, there's so much good stuff. So I loved seeing you use your platform in that way. Um, and it really fits, because this record feels like a, like a homecoming in a lot of ways. minute now um you you were like kind of elder statesman in the indie world at this point not to age you out at all but were there ever moments where you felt like an outlier the only one in the room type of vibe
1: oh for sure um even to this day yeah but i feel like the thing that's changed um the most for me is my sort of yeah my own perception if anything is just like learning to like see things through or or try to just follow through and and, and begin with like the most intention yeah. in the sense that like i need to really sort of um to make this the most efficient like lifestyle project career whatever most efficient in general is to just be myself so mm. um i can't really try to um code switch for every single decision. I just need it to be, this is who I am, this is what I like. like there's a longer game at play um with entertainment and entertainers in general too it's kind of just like it is a bit of a lifetime career even if you quit music you still have all this music that's out so you have to deal with that so it's a lot of acceptance and just being like okay this is a pandora's box in the sense that like i created this thing it's out there forever essentially now so like might as well just start moving correctly
2: yeah i feel that for sure you had to have had countless moments where uh, young black or brown kids who were fans of yours kind of come to you and talk to you about how they felt seen, you know, seeing yeah. you over the years.
1: Yeah. It's inspiring. And it's um, yeah. a Warming like a heartwarming feeling where it's like you see yourself um, in these kids and um, yeah, I really just feel like, we're lucky that we can we're in this age of internet and a time where technology can help us create new systems and communicate and organize outside of the physical
2: world absolutely have you gotten any kind of um i don't know any kind of pushback or people being like oh i don't know what to do with with this uh where you're going with it now it's getting a little little black or a little woke or whatever the hell they want totally. to say
1: no yeah the um yeah i mean i grew up with kids always telling me you know you sound white or whatever you sure. talk white and that's just everything in a nutshell um so like it's kind of like yeah that happens but honestly like i've noticed the times are really changing because like i'm not getting that as much and i really do feel like It's coming from both ends where it's like people can see and respect the output of Toro, but then also they can just see culture in general, in general, just changing and
2: totally. Yeah. I think we're, we're all just growing. Right. Everybody's well, hopefully, you know, working hard to understand uh, the different, uh, um, different ways that everybody lives and where they're coming from and even within you know just black folk understanding the nuance and the range and that we can be who we are and totally. not have to be called you know oh you acting like a white boy because you're into something that isn't prescribed that you're supposed to be into or whatever totally that's long in coming i feel like
1: i agree i really feel like it's one of those things that it stems from trauma. So mm-hmm. it it's really hard to really approach that subject or, or approach that um that step in someone's life. So like uh yeah. I personally had to like accept that like okay, not everyone's gonna like me. You gotta just
2: yeah, keep going though. Uh since dropping this record, the rollout with it. Um the references and aesthetics in that album are you getting kind of a different tenor of uh i see myself and what you're doing now from fans particularly like young filipino fans yeah oh definitely um that's one thing i felt like
1: i never really gave much attention to was my filipino culture Mm -hmm. um making house music r&b collaborating with rappers like I've always been so um, fast to move in, in the black music world, but culturally and visually aesthetic wise, like I, I've i never really tapped on Filipino culture. And I felt like this was like the perfect time considering the sounds that I'm tapping into. Um, leading like early on in this campaign with um, Ordinary Guy, the Joe Pong cover, I felt like that was just such a nice icebreaker into who I am.
2: A song about being Afro Filipino, I feel like is the best way to say it. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm so glad to hear that you, that that was an intentional kind of icebreaker part of this campaign for the rollout of Mahal because that's once I started to see where you were going with the new music, I was like, oh, he totally set the table with that cover. At the time, I was like, this is, I don't want to say random, but this is unexpected. I love this because I love Joe Batan. I love that song. Yeah. That's, I love that.
1: Appreciate it. Yeah, I it, you know to get his his um blessing on the whole of release of it all too was was it feels so good just to see you know yourself from the future so to speak um and yeah he's just another dude in New York just like living his life as a musician still so like it's cool to just see someone as a you know from the older an, an older class for sure. I relate to this music so much, I, I have to cover this. Yeah. Like everything from him talking about how he doesn't hang out with millionaires or mm-hmm. playboys. And it's like, I mean, that that's right on the dot. I mean, I'm just, yeah, doing my thing here. I'm not really partying, but um, it is something where I felt like I need to really put my down on who I think I am before people assume that I'm just uh, some rock star with my head in the clouds. That's
2: That's awesome that that one that song came to you as like this kind of personal anthem, you know? Because we've all got those where you're like, "Wow, I feel like this was written for my life." This gets to so many things. Totally. but also just that you really like stamped your identity and your heritage, you know, your Filipino heritage, because I feel like there's so many examples of uh, Filipino entertainers that are like have assimilated or are maybe thought to be uh, indigenous or, or, or Hispanic mm-hmm. or, or what have you like, that's such yeah. a thing.
1: That's big. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, as far as Asian culture goes, the Filipinos, are on the darker side for yeah. one um but yes they are like they were colonized by the spanish and they are very much mixed by default so it's very interesting it's a very interesting culture it's like asian culture meets spanish culture and um being an american who's just reduced down to filipino yeah. and black i do feel like um there is a bit more of that like mixed culture Identity crisis at play, and I really felt like this is a moment in my life um, where I can really just express um, the relatability um, between Filipinos and African Americans.
2: Definitely, and you got Um, a a huge community in the Bay, of course,
1: the biggest in the country, the biggest Filipino population is in San Francisco, so Mm. it feels very much at home. Um, it, it was a big factor um, to moving here, mm. um, but but also the Bay Area is a big Black community as well right. um, in Oakland. So it it feels good to sort of uh, yeah feel
2: supported. For sure. Um, have you been or have you toured or do you plan to go to the Philippines?
1: Yeah. So I. I would love to go again sometime in the future, but I I haven't been since like 2013. Mm -hmm. And that was for a very short amount of time. Um, I actually got to the 48 hours I was there, because it was a tour, um, I actually ended up hanging out with like a very young iDress. Wow, right Um, on. Yeah, before he even was playing as iDress.
2: You probably really influenced
1: him. Oh uh, yeah, we we definitely were just like fanning out, and I was like kind of just like surprised at his music being so um, just like so good. Like yeah. it, I, it's rare that you'll you'll hear someone relatively unknown at that point in their career, um, and then seeing it turn into this you know gold record right thing. Um, it's really cool. I, I I'm just captivated by how he really just went viral and took yeah. over like an entire like he's the soundtrack for today's youth.
2: that's a pretty ill thing and he was probably the first example I've ever seen where it's just like wow, this guy's in all of these TikToks, all of these these reels or stories or whatever. Um, and one of the first people I ever heard about like getting a gold record from basically off of that, off of like seconds of a song, you know what I mean?
1: The way music is moving so fast and the way we are consuming it, the way it it progresses so fast, it it's constantly like it like I don't even know how to even anticipate this kind of um shift yeah. like it feels it feels like everything is sort of becoming streamlined in the sense that like everything you watch listen eat is all like the same right entity <laughs> so um yeah just trying to move with it yeah. trying to stay agile at the same time
2: that's good man it, it feels like as you know everything becomes one or two corporations or owning owning everything you got to stay agile. You got to stay grounded in your community in order yeah. to not just be plugged in all the yeah. time. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think that's that's what led me to really just trying to pace the tours out, pace the campaigns out a little bit more. It doesn't have to be so go, go, go. Yeah. But because everyone's on their phone and watching whatever screen for so long, so much longer now. Yeah. Um. Th- we don't have to uh i don't there's no reason to shove it down people's throats or anything so
2: agreed and that's uh I, it's there that's what's up <laughs> yeah it felt like that with your rollout of this latest record it felt very organic it didn't feel like i was being beaten over the head <laughs> you know what i mean with some campaign um so thank you for that for the fantastic music mr postman when i get mail did i get a letter um man a pleasure finally to uh, get to get to converse yeah. with you bro yeah nice to talk to you and meet you yeah absolutely have a great one brother all right, thanks Larry. all right peace
1: yeah
0: was Larry Mizell Jr. talking with Toro Ymoa. Subscribe to the Sound & Vision podcast for more goodness like this. And if you love Sound & Vision, please consider a one-time donation of just $20 at kxp.org sound. You can also rate and review this podcast wherever you find it. That is also a huge help to us. Write something down. Tell us what you think. For KXP, I'm Rachel Stevens.